What is up? Welcome to a new episode of of Cinepraisal. It's a fancy schmancy episode of Cinepraisal because it, it's not just us. We have right. a couple have of guests. really chill dudes with us. Oh my god, who are they, Adam? Um, Tell us. Who are you, dudes? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Alex. I am one half of the podcast, the Purpose Driven Dude. Yeah, and my I'm uh, Brad. I am the other half of the Purpose Driven Dude. Together, we make one complete, very purposeful dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, that's it's appropriate given the that's yeah. very appropriate given the uh, movie we're about to watch. You know. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, I guess I guess we should probably explain what the Purpose Driven Dude is, shouldn't we? Yeah. And, Please. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. No. The Purpose Driven Dude is a podcast that is uh, about the is about the religion of Dudism, mm. which is an actual recognized religion. I think we're up to about like sixteen states now that actually recognize our our legal status, uh, and uh, we have a religion that's based around the film The Big Lebowski. And and what a wonderful film. It is indeed, indeed. Indeed. I mean, it we both decided to become uh become ministers uh and and spread the word of the dude because of this film. So True. I um, mean I've oh, even been ahead, lucky Alex. enough to officiate uh, a few weddings um, as That's a Buddhist priest. So, yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> now, oh I, I know you've done them in like your full Buddhist regalia, bathrobe and all. Did you ever do one with the with the uh white Russian in hand? I can't remember. I know you said you wanted to. Oh yeah, I totally did. Um, so it was it was actually the most recent wedding that I uh, that I officiated. Um, I had been, you know, usually what I would do is I would talk to, uh, you know, the bridal party and the the bride and groom and see, you know, how they wanted it to go because it's kind of wide open, right? It could be an incredibly traditional service. It could be uh, really anything they want. Um, and I mentioned that, you know, um, they have the option, of course, of doing like kind of like that sand pouring ceremony where like the bride pours like her color sand into like a vial and the groom pours his color sand and they're supposed to like combine together to like be a symbol of their union and everything. And uh, they're like, oh, that sounds super cool. And I'm like, well, if you really want to do a dude, and these were the guys that already had me, you know, dressed. Right. Like the yeah. dude. And I'm like, if you really want a dude, you know, we could have the components of a white Russian and you guys could mix a white Russian on stage, you know, as you're, you know, doing your ceremony. And they're like, yes, that we want that. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, uh, not, not only did I have my own, but then we, uh, we made one in the moment as well. So that's, that's beautiful. Like, not even sarcastically. That's beautiful. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited about this episode because I've been trying to put this together for like two years now. <laughs> I, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I mean, I, I've guested on Purpose Driven Dude twice, once talking about the Jedi Order and once talking about the Doctor from Doctor Who because the depth of my nerd dumb knows no end. But... I strongly recommend you guys check out their podcast. Uh, it's filled with, like, I think one of my favorite ones you guys did was when you read uh, Seven Years in Tibet. Like, there's just a lot of really oh, cool, interesting, beautiful stuff just funneled through just taking her easy. Taking it easy. Yeah, that's what that's we an do. Appropriate, that's appropriate. I was about reference. to say, this is, this is actually very wonderfully timed because I have been on vacation all week. And I have been living pretty much my most dudely of lives uh, for for about five days now. So this is this is wonderful timing. I'm not gonna lie. I knew you were on vacation, and I was. And I said this to Alex. I'm like, Brad's on vacation. We're doing it now. Yeah. No, I've, I've just been doing like fucking yoga and tai chi every morning for like an hour after I finish breakfast, and 
you know, out in my garden, just, uh, just, you know, pruning and planting flowers. So I'm in the, I'm in the zone for the, oh, and I visited the dispensary on Tuesday. So <laughs> I am like in the fucking zone for this right now. So this is, this is good. Awesome. Well then without further ado, let's uh, get to that countdown. So everybody get your, get your starters ready. Get your, your clickers over your play buttons. Are we ready to count down? Do it. All right. Uh, we'll do three, two, one, go. Three, two, one, go. All right. All right. Okay. Let's do this. Trumpets in the dark of the void as the planet yep. begins to alight. As it begins to spin madly. Universal. As, as my dad would always say, it's the clearest day the earth has ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not a damn bit of smog on that, that globe there. <laughs> Be Your curious clouds. to see like a progression of all the Universal logos. Um, yeah, it would be. So yeah, Polygram Filmed Entertainment presents a working title production. I uh, starting anything with Sam Elliott's voice is just pure bliss it's 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 just a good call no matter what you're making yeah i mean i do not understand how this man does not do audiobooks because mm. i would i mean just give this fucker some larry mcmurtry novels and i would listen to him <laughs> for hours <laughs> this definitely i mean for those who don't know who's li who may be listening, uh, this is probably one of the most, if not the most well-known Coen Brothers film. Um, I'm trying to think of what would sit next to it. In... Uh, maybe Fargo? Hmm. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or Brother no Country. I love Oh Brother well, Out That I was going to say. Yeah, is, yeah, no really Country good. for Old Men. Although half the people I know don't even remember that that's Coen Brothers. All right. Because <laughs> it's just like so wildly different from what they're usually used to. <laughs> you know, I really enjoyed The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. You know, I actually haven't watched that one yet. Yeah, same, actually. It's on Netflix. It's a fun time. You know, if you enjoy Westerns. I, I really like Hail Caesar. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was real excited about that one, and then it kind of got real mediocre reviews. And I just haven't gotten around to watching it's, it yet. I, I equate it to, okay, you know, like... If you see like a Rembrandt painting versus like a Rembrandt drawing and it's uh. like, sure, sure. The drawing isn't as ornate and impressive as the painting our, is. Our hero makes his appearance. <laughs> but it is still like, this is a lovely thing that they've done. That's how I feel yeah, about Hail yeah. Caesar. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll have to check it out. I went on a bit of a Coen Brothers kick a few weeks ago, so I might have to just pick that back up again. There's a lot to love in it. Uh, it's definitely like just the performances are really fun and the perspective that it follows is also... it's any They do a really good job with the whole idea of like taking down Hollywood in that era specifically. <laughs> so, Alex, is this question. your Ralph's? <laughs> I, I well, I was about to say I don't think this is the Ralph's near me. I, I do usually shop at Ralph's hilariously, and actually, I was going to mention uh, when uh, everything was just kicking off last year with uh, COVID, I uh, went to my Ralph's dressed as the dude and uh, did my shopping. <laughs> nobody, oh, yeah. uh, nobody said anything. I don't think any, either nobody got it or nobody cared. But <laughs> uh, fun, fun story about this particular scene with him watching this speech. 
Uh, if you look at the date that's on the check he was just writing, he's actually post dating a check for 69 cents. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, if you guys have never been uh, shopping in your bathrobe, um, I highly recommend it. It's a good time. It's never too late. I mean, it is a good time. Yeah, I mean, seize the day, you know? Yeah. This is really, it really gets into it right away. It's oh, been- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Because uh, it's been a hot minute since I've sat down to watch this film. But I- Yeah, there's really very little by way of like preamble here. <laughs> I feel like so many other films would have given you like four other scenes before this happened, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. You would have actually like followed him to bowling practice, you know, right. A <laughs> couple of other things, but now I want to mention real quick that, uh, very recently, Brad, you gave a presentation for your co-host in zone of the unknown and friend of ours, Jose for his birthday party on how this movie is basically just a mirror of the big sleep. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, you get, you really get into those parallels once we get to the titular big Lebowski, but, um, but yeah, basically this is, this is practically a remake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's very close. Um, there's a, there's a book. I mean, if anybody enjoys this movie, um, as much as we do and wants to take a deeper dive, uh, there is, there's a number of books that have been written on, on the topic of, of like the inspirations for this film. Uh, but there's one in particular, uh, by BFI, which is like a little like companion reader, uh, which really breaks down the influences, uh, that the Coen brothers, uh, were using, uh, to make this film. And they are, they are many. So <laughs> I'm glad that we have actual information uh, this time yeah. around on the film because I feel like Adam, the last time our uh, Back to the Future one was very <laughs> just by, us chatting most of the time. By the way, one of the the thug that was actually shoving his head in the toilet there mm-hmm. is actually Mark Pellegrino, mm. who has had a pretty good career since then, including playing like one of the major villains in um, Supernatural. I believe he actually played Satan. Oh, in Supernatural. Oh. Um, I mean, if you're going to play a villain. Yeah, I was about to say, it's hard to get much better than that. Oops. Something <laughs> <laughs> just slid right out of my something PJs. dropped. Little uh, peek behind the bathrobe. On yeah, it. <laughs> I was about to say parting the bathrobe for you here. <laughs> Pay no uh, attention to that man behind the bathrobe. <laughs> now these credits. Oh, this, how, this fool right how beautiful. Here. This guy who's bowling right here, uh, Alex and I had the good fortune to meet oh. a few years ago. Uh, he is, in fact, a, uh, a, a, a legit bowler. And oh, nice. he uh, formed a organization called The Dude Hates Cancer, which is a oh. uh, bowling league fundraiser for cancer research. That's um, kick ass. Yeah, and uh, we he he was doing a, a fundraiser at our bar quiz several years ago, and we got to go chat with him and got a picture with him and everything. It was he, he's a really lovely guy. Him and his daughter both are really nice. Yep, yep. That's nice that they would actually have bowlers. <laughs> yeah, for, for this. <laughs> I mean, the Cohen brothers are good about that. Like they tend to hire local people who actually you know are familiar with what they're portraying 
actually went to school with one of the kids in uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, really? Yeah, That's the R U N N O F T kid. I went. I went to college with him. <laughs> He's a great actor. <laughs> He's one of the best actors I've ever met in my life. That's wonderful. God, I love Steve Buscemi. Yeah, this is a great. This is one of my favorite Steve Buscemi roles. Oh yeah. I also love um, the character he plays in Big Fish. <laughs> that's, a, that's one I would always point to as being pretty funny, where he's like an eccentric poet who can't finish a five-line poem. <laughs> <laughs> so this scene here where the dude's clipping his hair back like that, um, you know, my hair, I have not had a haircut in almost a full year now, um, and <laughs> it's getting close to this length, and actually might be slightly longer than, uh, than the dude's, and um, I just bought hair clips uh, so every time I go to like get the hair out of my face now, I think of this scene. So, oh yeah. <laughs> over, over a year ago, I was definitely there, uh, in terms of hair length and, and bearding going on. <laughs> oh yeah. Back in the days when Dax looked like he just like fell out of a something. I don't know. A, 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 you were going to say fell out of a cave. Yeah. Or... I was going to go with cave. <laughs> we, I actually used you as the Monty Python it's man. Right, right. <laughs> Adam was doing like a, a festival, like a little mini like film festival of shorts. And uh, and just for the hell of it, uh, we reenacted the the it's um, like no. <laughs> that that whole thing from from Holy, um, not from Holy Grail, from Flying Circus. Yeah, and, it, it and took <laughs> no makeup. It took no actual like costuming. It was just like, yeah. Put on a button-down shirt and a vest and go run up a hill. <laughs> it was just me in Elysian Park running down <laughs> the hill towards the camera. Which, by the way, it's like way harder than you think it would be to actually like run across a field towards a camera at that speed and then to like <laughs> like yeah. maintain a consistency while also falling for for comedic effect. Uh, uh, but that was a lot of fun. Yeah, no makeup required. But I didn't look as charming, nearly as charming as Mr. Bridges does well, here. Well, who among us can? Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say that's that's that is a monumental task. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, John Goodman here probably one of my favorite John Goodman roles too, and that's saying something. Even yeah. more than the evil Santa robot from Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> that's that one's thing, pretty uh, up there. He's got a, he's got quite the portfolio at this point. It's kind of yeah. tough, you know. Also, his character No Brother Where Art Thou is wonderful. Yeah, he played yeah. the Cyclops. He's playing the Cyclops. The, yeah, yeah, the the, mm. the the racist Cyclops. Right. <laughs> That's usually the character at which people realize, like, oh, it's the Odyssey. <laughs> you know, if they haven't already. It's not the blind <laughs> soothsayer or the fact that his wife's literally named Penelope. Right. <laughs> Uh, uh, so I was going to ask, um, we, I know we were prepping up, uh, some beverages here, man, for this film. Um, oh, I, I am drinking the sacramental beverages at uh, yeah. White Russian. What, uh, what's everybody drinking? <laughs> um, well, I, I have a lovely, uh, bottle of water, uh, mm. sitting, sitting chilled by my, by my table here. I didn't I, go out to get any drinks. <laughs> what's I will else say got? I'm, I'm just, I'm just drinking water, but earlier I had one of those cannabis infused, uh, Italian sodas. So, you know, good times. Yeah. Thanks. I, uh, I am, I am knocking back, uh, a good old oat soda at the moment. I do have my, uh, my sacramental bre uh, beverage, the white Russian 
over here ready for me when I finish this, but I figured, you know, uh, bitter porter before the super sweet uh, white Russian. I respect that. So yeah, I've got my lineup here, and if all else fails, I do have my vape pen. So if I suddenly fall silent about uh, (laughs) three-quarters or or five-eighths of the way through the movie, uh, you'll know what happened. Yeah, we'll know you're just going method. Yeah. I was at uh, the Dollar Tree yesterday, and I noticed in one of the aisles that they had at-home marijuana drug tests. (laughs) <laughs> and I I sat for longer than I should have trying to figure out the practicality and like audience or I like mean, who that was being aimed at specifically. I think I think really my my concern is is on accuracy if it's coming from the Dollar Tree. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> it did say ninety-eight percent sure or something like that on I mean uh, they can so. say a lot of things, but it's like I'm I'm also never gonna buy condoms or pregnancy tests from the dollar store. <laughs> the dollar yeah, yeah. But but like who I, the only thing I can think of is like maybe a parent wanting to check their kid or something like that. Yeah, that that's the only practical use. Um, <laughs> Steven's uh, girlfriend Brenna said something funny in a because I t- made a tweet about it and uh, she said, um, "I just really need to see if I've been smoking weed or not." You know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I might have. Can't remember. I mean, I will say that once upon a time, I used one just before a job interview, just to double check. Oh, I, yeah. okay. That's a good reason to see if it's out of your system. Exactly. I was about to say, I'm not sure if I'm actually supposed to tell this story, but the guy who is now one of my bosses totally took one of those cleanses before his, uh, mm. before his screening. Nice. His, uh, his health screening and had to like pull over on the highway to, um, evacuate if you will Mm. (laughs) but did he pass his drug screens uh he did he is now my boss so (laughs) yay oh good for him good for him no named man yeah yeah at at intercompany name here right So what's happening in this movie right now? Uh, So, yeah, we have now met the big Lebowski, who is the the first like real clear big sleep analog that we get the uh, the wheelchair bound millionaire who will become the dude's employer at one point. Yeah. And another maybe like five or ten minutes or so down the road. About like ten minutes. But uh, what's happened so far is, you know, in the, in the opening scene, we saw the dude uh, get roughed up a little bit by a couple of home home invaders, as it were, uh, witless ones at that, because they were looking for, quote, the money, uh, which uh, they kind of uh, the dude and his friends at the bowling alley piece together was really in reference to this man, the big Lebowski. Um, and they decided to cut, well, the dude figured he should come and, uh, seek, uh, a new rug from the Big Lebowski in replacement <laughs> of the rug that they peed on. Yeah. Uh, and he's currently being told off by the Big Lebowski, um, <laughs> which I, I feel like we have to say this every episode, but I just want to make it clear. If you haven't already seen this movie, do not watch it with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was I mean, about to say, I've always wanted a door that is as soundproof as the one to the big Lebowski's office. Because <laughs> that the other guy can't hear, hear any that, of that. Yeah. You hear that, that audio cut off as he closes that door. Oh my God. It's amazing. He said I could have any rug I want. Yeah. <laughs> and here we go. Here's Bunny. 
the Tara femme. Reed, right? Yep. Yeah, Tara Reed. Back in the early days of her career, does Bonnie qualify as a femme fatale in this, or is uh, it... I would say yeah, yeah, uh, she so does a California take on the on the yeah, idea, I, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, some some sort of like in cross between like a Midwest slash Valley girl take on the <laughs> on the femme fatale, and uh, oh my God, Peter Stormare. I'm never not the, happy to see Peter Stormare. One of the great <laughs> like underappreciated actors of Hollywood, right there. Also played Satan yes, in uh, the Keanu Reeves movie Constantine. The there best part go. of that movie. Yeah, he is. Which, it's a fun movie, but he's the Jeff best Bridges part of that movie. Has to have played Satan at some point, right? Uh, good question. That <laughs> I am not actually sure about. I don't think Clue from uh, from Tron Legacy counts. Counts, yeah. <laughs> if you're digital, if you're digital, I don't think it really counts. Although <laughs> I, I am not the one to ask about like how satanic technology can be. <laughs> By the way, I always like seeing uh, Jeff Bridges' character in Tron Legacy as a continuation of this character in many ways. <laughs> He's transcended, you know? Yeah, yeah right. I was about to say, there is a certain connection present there. Yeah, I can see it. So there's like a moment where he's talking to Q in some flashback and, and Q or Q clue, whatever his name is, says like, uh, am I not the ruler of all worlds destined to create or some, some bullshit. And then Jeff Bridges response is just like, yeah, like he said, like, yeah, it, like just the way he says it sounds like <laughs> the dude inter- suddenly appearing in the middle of that movie. I mean, <laughs> this, this character is like so on point with just Jeff Bridges, natural personality, um, yeah, I, I really feel like there's barely any acting involved in this film. <laughs> well, and like, I, I don't know if you guys ever tried the uh, the Jeff Bridges sleep tapes because they're phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. They're so good. <laughs> oh. And it's like, yeah, like that's this is exactly who that man is, because sure, he's just going to record some tapes for you to fall asleep to because that's the kind of guy he is. <laughs> Well, and to that point, um, another bit of trivia is that when they were looking for wardrobe for the character of the dude, they basically just went to Jeff Bridges' house and went through his closet. Like most of what yeah. he wears is his own clothing. <laughs> like so, especially yeah. his shoes yeah. throughout this whole thing where he's well wearing like the jelly sandals. <laughs> now, which bowling uh, alley is this? Oh, I forget what it was called. It's it's no longer there, unfortunately. Um, I think it was down in. <laughs> just Weehan? note that you, you, if you watch the background in this scene, you see Donnie just like peace out the <laughs> yeah. second the gun comes out. Like he just gets up and runs away. <laughs> it does. It does lend a little credence, right, to the whole fan theory that Donnie is not actually real, but a figment of Walter's imagination. <laughs> yeah, there he is, cowering over at the other. <laughs> the other ball return. <laughs> I will say yeah. I appreciate that you've allowed me to partake in the uh, the sacrament of bowling with you guys. Oh yeah, uh, look, it's always a good time. I miss it so so intensely. Yeah, same. I've always been terrible at bowling, but I enjoy it every time the, I've done it. <laughs> I don't think the point of bowling is to actually be good at bowling. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, not what it's point- about. The point of bowling is just to have a good time, you know. Well, and how appropriate for the character of this movie, you know, just this. I was just thinking about that, how different this would be if they had chosen some other kind of central sport 
for to be the focus of them hanging out like what if they were golfing just a bunch of assholes golfing like yeah <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't well, work at all i mean i do feel like it would be a bunch of assholes golfing because i mean (laughs) 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 they run inside and you just know walter is is a trump a trump voter (laughs) of course he is <laughs> calmer than you are <laughs> and there's an, another uh, eagles illusion i don't know if there have been any yet <laughs> when he says take it easy yeah there's there there are plenty uh another interesting bit of trivia is actually the line that comes later about i hate the fucking eagles apparently glenn frey of the eagles was very displeased with that line and oh, no. actually uh, was and actually like got into like not a confrontation so to speak but but did uh have a chat with uh with jeff bridges a very bemused <laughs> jeff bridges about the line <laughs> that's fantastic but i almost feel like the that's not the i don't know how to say it but i don't feel like that line even though it's obviously said in a very it's it's like the movie itself doesn't hate the eagles it's the dude that hates the eagles yeah if that right. makes sense you know it's like i don't think the film itself was trying to like pick a fight with the eagles no, no. <laughs> it's just a part of his character what's with the pile of shoes oh i've seen that so many times living in southern california like people who just like pile shoes up like on their front door or something like that like yeah okay I don't, I don't know why it happens, but it definitely, like, happens a lot, I feel. <laughs> I, I really would be curious if you were to watch this film, because I can't remember. I think I said this with Back to the Future as well. I couldn't really remember what my first initial reaction was. Uh, and I can't quite remember how I first reacted to this movie. I can. So this <laughs> this particular scene that we are watching right this second is pretty much how my entire week has gone. <laughs> it's been lovely. I am very jealous, I'm not going to lie. Now, I remember the first time I watched this movie, I did not get it at all. Like, it only very recently, I say very recently, but within like the past five years, I did a... Uh, like, as you guys were talking about, doing a Coen Brothers, like, deep dive and watched like five of their movies in a row... And like, okay, I get it now. And this is a lot of fun. But I remember the first time I saw it in college, I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> well, you know, and this is this is kind of like what I tell people about this movie is the plot really doesn't matter. Matter too much, yeah. Very much at all. And and I I got to thinking about it and I had this thought about this movie that that struck me this week in particular was that it's basically a film full of conspiracy theorists <laughs> where you have all these characters who are just looking at this chaos that is happening around them and trying to find connections that don't really exist in real life. And they're kind of concocting their own stories. And at the end of the day, none of them are right. Right. 
<laughs> it's almost like you took like the Maltese Falcon and replaced Humphrey Bogart with just this chill. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like it's like it's not trying of, to solve it, you know. <laughs> it's the story of a stoner who wanders into and back out of a noir. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. it is it is definitely that that sort of like uh uh neo noir or or um slacker noir. I think slacker is, uh, noir <laughs> is yeah. the, the the word when you're you're thinking about movies like um uh like this like uh um oh, what's it what's the movie with Griffin Dunn in the eighties and Ed Harris is it closing time? Uh, By the way, before we get too far from this scene, I just want to say I always loved that this was parodied in an episode of the Powerpuff Girls. Where, yeah. <laughs> where Miss Sarah Bellum is kidnapped and the mayor goes through a very similar speech <laughs> to the Powerpuff Girls. That's fucking amazing. I had never heard that before. <laughs> it's really funny. That is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, speaking of the whole like kind of stoner noir aspect, I, I, I always think of it as stoner noir, but like it, it fits very much in that kind of subgenre of like neo-noir i suppose yeah mm. well i think i think stoner noir slash slacker noir <laughs> i like just, slacker noir it's I've, I've heard it both ways depending on who's writing the paper that I'm reading. <laughs> um, it uh it, it's it's very funny it, and it definitely fits into that that genre with like inherent vice um the uh the 70s uh um uh philip marlowe movie the name of which i cannot think of while i'm reading subtitles uh right now but um oh, I know with uh, with elliot yeah. gould the one that i loaned you alex yeah it's um, in the other room and now i'm blanking on the name of it but yeah is it the, the <laughs> here's here's the true the long goodbye the yeah. true antagonist of the movie yeah I, <laughs> yeah <laughs> who got his own <laughs> sequel just a, a year or two ago that was not directed by the coen brothers oh yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, no, there's a there is a a movie just about the Jesus. Um <laughs> that's so funny cuz I watched one of the bonus features for this uh just yesterday and he was talking about how he wanted to do like a sequel about this character. So that's so funny that that actually exists. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, apparently in and of itself, that movie is a remake of like some kind of French like romantic comedy. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the movie was called The Jesus Rolls. So, <laughs> oh yeah, there's our there's our guy again. Yep, yep. Uh but I was going to say with the whole Stoner Noir thing just coming back to it real quick. Um you know, we did we did talk about this actually a little bit on our show I think like a long time ago now. Yeah, yeah. Um Well, we did a like, whole episode on the genre. Yeah, yeah. And um I one of the ones that I particularly liked tying it to is uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but like the parallel of like kind of like the witless stoners being thrust into a movie that they really have no yeah. no other intention of being in. You know? Well, it's, <laughs> like, it's very much this idea of like the character doesn't the, the main protagonists of these films don't insert themselves into the plot. They are kind of thrust into it and they spend most of the movie trying to extricate themselves hmm. from the plot. <laughs> yeah, it's they're like not, reluctantly being pulled along yeah, the entire it's, time. It's it's not that their actions are moving the plot forward. It's just that they're kind of along for the ride. <laughs> it's like a hero to be a hero who never answers the call. Really, 
They kind yeah. of just always like <laughs> they're being heralded constantly by every single character. <laughs> yeah. And that is that is such the case for this movie. Like every single character that that the dude encounters draws him further in, despite the fact that he just wants to leave. <laughs> he just wants all, to all the dude ever wanted was his rug back, you know? Yeah, exactly. As he says himself. But I mean, it, it actually, you know, does in this case, as it does oftentimes, I guess, in Stoner Noir, like um, it, it, the dude's saving grace in this film is the fact that he is so disconnected from kind of what you were saying earlier, too, like the conspiracy theories that everybody else sort of clings to. Like he keeps his mind nimble, as he says, by stri- sticking to a very strict uh, drug regimen and, uh, you know, doesn't get attached to any of those things. He's allowed to kind of nimbly move between you know, all these powers that are at play and um, eventually kind of in his own way, piece things together, you know, so. (laughs) (laughs) Shut the fuck up, Donnie. (laughs) One of my favorite moments in this movie, just Donnie leaning back. I am the walrus. Uh, I am the walrus. (laughs) That that shot of them polishing the balls to me is just made by the guy on the left sitting and like watching them both do it. (laughs) Well, that's that's really the best part is of of all of uh, John Turturro's scenes in this movie is not necessarily watching him. It's watching everyone around him trying desperately not to break. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just watch him on the left here. <laughs> I can I can just what barely see it. <laughs> yeah, this is this is probably not the main scene for it, but no, but it's that thing where it's like you can see someone on the verge of corpsing and like just losing it. <laughs> yeah. You can see it there. He's like <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's just trying so hard. <laughs> Yeah, there's one scene where I think right as they cut away, you see him start to laugh. <laughs> uh, man, listening to listening to a bowling competition. <laughs> yeah, Bob on side B, you know. <laughs> and the introduction to... <laughs> Our other femme fatale character, and also these absolutely beautiful and insane dream sequences. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. You know, Julianne Moore, yet another person that I'm never upset to see show up in anything. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Academy Award winner Julianne Moore now, who uh, is just absolutely stunning in every single role she plays. Now, yep. I know that this could be composited composited probably a lot more cleanly now, but I kind of love that I can see that it's like a yeah. green screen of him just I, against... <laughs> if anything, I love it because it just creates that much more of a disconnect right. <laughs> in all of the dudes' like dream sequences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the the flying scene over L.A. also parodied on uh, How I Met Your Mother. Um, oh, uh, oh. Back. yeah. There's a scene where uh, Barney has finally convinced um, one of the I can't remember all the characters. It's been a while, but uh, one of the other characters that wearing like big like uh, like nightgowns is the way to go um, instead of like you know t- more traditional um, or contemporary like nighties and shit. 
and uh, they're like flying over the city like this is so comfortable <laughs> <laughs> set to dylan of course you know yeah again he's been dragged back into yeah it's, it's this like mystery oh. <laughs> and also very much like the protagonists of classic noir the dude does spend the vast majority of this film just getting the shit beat out of him right <laughs> well yeah it's like it's part of the job description of every uh noir detective that you have to be able to be knocked out a few times without getting brain damage <laughs> Yeah, I can see someone watching this <laughs> the first time and just being kind of bewildered because it's like if you go into this film expecting the usual suspects, you know, if you expect something that is more typical of uh, of any <laughs> mainstream film, you're probably gonna be sitting there after a while like, when is this? Where, like, where, I, I, I don't know what to hold on to here, you know? And that's right, the whole yeah. point of the film is not to hold on to something in a way. It's like, you have to, you have to go with the flow. Yeah. It's it, like real like, life. This, and I'd say all Coen Brothers movies really kind of force you to, it, it forces you to engage with the movie in a different way than any other movie. I'd agree with that. Yeah, Totally. I was right. The uh, the mansion that the Big Lebowski is living in is Greystone Mansion over in Beverly Hills. Oh, okay. Where they've also oh. shot. Uh, I know they shot part of Stripes there and uh, Golden Child. Apparently, an episode of Knight Rider. Cool. Oh, there you go. Nice. Popular location. It's a great place if you ever get the chance to visit too. Maybe someday I'll get to leave. You know my apartment and i will <laughs> well th this movie just like you know so many other noirs before it and and countless other films right is also its own sort of in a lot of ways love letter to los angeles too so. yeah, yeah yeah it really is it's fun that <laughs> you know in the in the now I guess going on nine years that I've lived here, there are so many parts of this movie that make more sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, and I brought this up in our you know previous episode on Back to the Future. Part of what I love about living in LA is the fact that we live where movies take place. You know, even even if like they're shooting LA for something else, like it's still LA, and if you know if you know the city, you know where they are. And I think that's just fun. Like when uh, at the beginning of Back to the Future, when Marty goes skateboarding out of Doc's garage, he's right in Burbank next to the Hobby Lobby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> amateurs. <laughs> uh, let's bring back car phones. Yeah, well, that's. You know. I was about to say that's not even that's not even the car phone. That's like the that's like the satchel phone. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got there. Oh man, Simi Valley. Nothing uh, good ever happens there. Nothing no. good. I I have to go to Simi Valley several times a week and let me tell they, you nothing good happens they, in Simi Valley. They used to have lovely swap meets. You no. know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. <laughs> Fuck Simi Valley. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> 
Apologies to our friend Craig, who recently bought a house there. Right, yes. <laughs> I was about to say, apologies to the people I know who but actually Simi do live Valley. there. But yeah, yeah, no, I know several people who live in Simi Valley, but still. <laughs> yeah, no, Simi Valley. When you get off the highway and the very first thing you see is a sign that says, Simi Valley loves our cops. And I have fantasized on so many occasions about just like running my car into that sign. <laughs> I respect that. Huh? I can't speak for everyone involved, but I'm just going to go ahead and say ACAB and BLM. Moving on. <laughs> Yay. ACAB and BLM. Yeah, can't disagree. All right. And getting into the, the weird German subplot here. It's <laughs> 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 just... In fairness, when is a German subplot ever not weird? <laughs> I mean, that fair, fair. Yeah, I feel like it's either a German <laughs> plot or it's weird. Uh, and I will just say, not calling out anyone specifically, but I did have friends in Oklahoma that I did have to use that line on about one of these days you're going to have to face the fact that you are a fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't used it since I moved out here, but... Uh... This reminds me of that time I jumped out of a moving vehicle with an Uzi, you know? Yep, yep. <laughs> Walter's a fucking uh, moron. Yeah. And the dirt bikes. Like, not motorcycles, those are dirt bikes. <laughs> also, did Walter get shot or did he just hurt? Did he just sprain his ankle? Did he I've shoot never been himself? Able... <laughs> I yeah, don't did he. Did he did he shoot himself in the leg? <laughs> I don't think so. If he did, they definitely don't like make a deal about it, you know. Yeah. The worst handoff in movie history. <laughs> I mean, it's up there. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> just the the casual nonchalance of Okay, yeah. I guess if they went bowling right after then he wouldn't have <laughs> shot himself, but <laughs> No, nah, I think he was just limping because he threw himself out of a moving out vehicle. Out of a moving vehicle that was probably going quite a bit faster than uh, most people typically jump out of moving vehicles. You know, for all the times most people do that. So slight non sequitur here, though I feel like it's constantly relevant throughout the film. I sent a, a screen cap of this to Adam yesterday, but uh, when I was looking online, I found a blurb that said... The dude says man 147 times in the movie, or about 1.5 times a minute. The word dude is used roughly 161 times. The <laughs> F word can be heard 292 times, which reportedly tops the word's frequency in Scarface. That's from, really? from marketwatch.com. <laughs> I thought those were fun uh, word count statistics about this movie. Those are wonderful word count statistics. <laughs> Are we cool to uh, cuss on this podcast? Oh, I yeah, go nuts. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. you're, you're fine. <laughs> I, did, I didn't ask when we started. What the fuck do you think? <laughs> I only ever censor swearing when it's funny to do so. Ah, okay. Yeah. So if I, if I suddenly am like, you are a fucking fuck you fucking fuck fart, that I will probably bleep that all for comedic effect. But in please the, leave uh, the word fart. <laughs> right, right. That's yeah. the important one to leave in it. <laughs> That's the only one. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I've definitely done that before just to let people listening wonder like what, <laughs> what exactly, the, exactly I was saying. <laughs> what was the word? That's what they wanted. <laughs> I have I have bleeped a couple of things on uh, on purpose driven dude, but they're when we've inadvertently it's, dropped like company names or something. Yeah, I was about right. to say, it's mostly when we're talking about like work or like companies or you know potential copyright infringement issues or things like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not for vulgarities. I mean, look, we're we're dude as priests. Like uh, drinking and swearing and you know smoking weed are basically part of our religions. So. I was about to say <laughs> they they are major tenets of our religion. So, well, so this is obviously the holy grail of dudism and the one that inspired it in the first place. Yeah, is there a second film or book or thing that you would say comes close? Uh, the Tao Te Ching. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a it's a marriage of of the Big Lebowski and and Taoism as the baseline. Yeah, Taoism Taoism um, is kind of the the biggest influence to the religion itself. Um, The way, the path, indeed. There's actually a Dudas translation um, by the guy who uh, formed the religion, as it were, uh, which is excellent, and I highly recommend people check it out. Um, it's a lot of fun because the guy actually like was you know knowledgeable enough in in Chinese to do it, his own translation. Yeah, and then well, he and then he dudified the passages <laughs> afterwards. So, and it is it is wonderful because if you read it, it's called the Dude De Ching. Um, and it is, uh, it, it actually does a side-by-side comparison of his translation of just the straight Tao Te Ching with the dudified version of it. Um, and it is a fascinating read. Like the, the, the correlations are striking. (laughs) These, these two cops (laughs) for the longest time too. I thought the cop on the right was, um, uh, uh, Conan, um, or yeah. Conan, Conan O'Brien. O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. Yeah, I could have sworn I I never looked it up until like years after I mean, my first viewing. But it's like, yeah, I, for the longest time, I thought that was him. Him and then the guy on the left. Uh, he looks like a sorry. He looks like a combination of Conan and Andy Richter. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> like, it's like if, if if you if you like combined the two of them, I could I could definitely see that. <laughs> sorry, you're about to say. <laughs> No, no, I was I was going to say just like the guy on the left has a little bit of a Keith David vibe to mm. him. Yes, he does. Keith Davids. But I also really enjoy the fact that like he just picked up a a bowling pin shaped bowl and is just kind of playing with, you know, the yeah. broken up weed. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Man, you could you could pause so many frames. Like if you pause and read like every book on the shelf there, but they're all very purposely placed. Oh, absolutely. Like the beauty of I feel as though <laughs> the contempt in that line for the credence. There's always little details in Cone Brothers films. So like like watching the scene right now, I was looking in the background after you mentioned that. I noticed the dead tree. I never noticed. <laughs> like I've seen this movie over a hundred times, and that is no exaggeration. I've never noticed that tree. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, it's it's interesting that that you know we were you were talking about like the word count statistics, mm-hmm. and it's the Cohen Brothers are sort of notorious for not allowing any improvisation 
Mm. Uh, in their filming, and they actually write in all the ums, uhs, you know, little interjections and things. Those are all specifically written in the screenplay and are not ad-libbed wow. or part of the actor's performance, um, or independent performance, rather. Uh, so every single one of those those fucks, dudes, and mans was in the screenplay. <laughs> and I, yeah, I can confirm, I've actually read a good portion of the screenplay and uh it's almost uncanny it's kind of weird to read because you can hear it in your brain so clearly because of those things you know <laughs> and i love this <laughs> just because i i'm I, I myself i'm an artist and uh have encountered people like this <laughs> in my time oh, and i yes. never i never have gone that far down any like artistic rabbit hole but I I love it when those kinds of people get uh kind of made fun of in some way shape or form in in anything. And I love that she has like this not it's not uh, like a specific accent. It's like this kind of made up faux artsy sounding voice that she's it's, doing. <laughs> it's almost that like transatlantic. Yeah, it, it's it's someone trying a mid-Atlantic accent but just yeah. nah, not quite or making mid-Atlantic, it mid-Atlantic rather. <laughs> It does remind me of the uh, British show Spaced. Yes, uh, quite a bit. <laughs> oh. I mean, I, I feel like Spaced definitely took a lot of inspiration from this. Like Nick Frost's character feels very much like a, a Walter analog. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. Oh, man. Is her, <laughs> is her apartment in the Bradbury building? No. <laughs> Uh, Every no. movie is in the Bradbury building, Adam. I think you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 because this. the Bradbury building's across the street from the Million Dollar Theater. She's across from the Los Angeles Theater. I think I've been in this building before. Nice. <laughs> Every scene is just going to become a place that Adam has been to at some point in time. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning. Was speaking of that. There's the the diner scene coming up here in a little bit, and I, and that diner I believe is still there. Um, and I have not been there yet, but I've been meaning to well, forever. And then as COVID soon as hits, the so. lockdown <laughs> ends, we will make the pilgrimage. I'm always down for a good diner too, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll join you. Get some diner coffee and this... some toast. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, getting into our our uh, log jamming. I love that he still has paint on his face. Like that, yeah. the <laughs> continuity has not been lost. Is this the scene where he uses the uh, non-dairy cream? I, I think, think it's it the next time he's in he's in this apartment. <laughs> Log jamming. You know yeah. what? Yes, I have been in that building. I helped someone build walls for their loft. <laughs> huh. <laughs> I've been in this woman's apartment. Man. <laughs> I fixed her cable. <laughs> Peter Stormare again. He made it run faster. You know. <laughs> I love it when porn is just in movies. It's always kind of fun to me. Yeah. <laughs> same, dude. Same. Qu quite possibly one of the best underappreciated lines in the film. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be fatuous. <laughs> the parlance of our time. Yeah. <laughs> and 
Yeah, notice the the scissors. The scissors in the in the background. It's just looking at those. Yeah, it comes comes back uh, in a later sequence. I like this ring of knives in the background. There's also like ice cream scoops over like a mannequin's breasts with blood yep. coming out of them. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so much fun to do set dressing for this particular scene. <laughs> <laughs> Also, that chair appears to be part of an optical illusion with the table. Yeah, whoa. What? I noticed that too. What the heck? Oh, yeah. Oh, dang. That's cool. What the hell? I know. What? <laughs> How? How? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> These M.C. Escher chair uh, and table in the background. Oh, man. And I just, of course, like... And it's just out of focus enough, too, that, like, you could easily miss it. Yeah, there are so many things going on in the background of the scene that I have not noticed before. The <laughs> uh, head and the mannequin there. The head kind inside of, yeah. the mannequin. For, like, foreshadowing the, the later pregnancy, maybe, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't don't watch this or listen to us if you haven't seen it before because we're spoiling the shit out of this. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, like, we're skipping ahead like thirty minutes, forty five minutes on what we're talking about. I mean, it's kind of the entire point of this podcast, so I think you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it is hard. This it is almost the mark of a of a good film. I think when we're doing these, and there is that tendency sometimes where you just start watching it, and you're like. You're getting so engrossed in the film. And I just, I've noticed that happened to me a number of times in this where I'm like, I'm just kind of like resorting to, this is a good movie, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I've, I've spoken to a few, a few people who've listened to us and I find it interesting that there are a lot of people who don't actually sync these up with the movie. They'll just listen to it as a podcast because they enjoy hearing us talk. And you know what? <laughs> Happy to do it. Yeah. That's, I, thank I'm, you if you do that. You know. I'm sorry you can't see the things we're referring to. I've done that, though, with some with a few pod uh, podcasts I that will, have done commentaries. I will note that in this scene, after getting tossed into the, the limo, he keeps a surprising amount of liquid in that glass. <laughs> yeah, he does. Oh, yeah. Like, it is impressive how much of his drink he manages to salvage there. It's a balanced man, you know. Yeah, um, I, I've I've actually had people mention that too about our show, where like a lot a lot of time if you have like a conversational podcast, right? People just like to have it on in the background, basically. Um, and I, for one, fall asleep to podcasts like frequently. Same, so yeah. To that, so. I I really appreciate that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is committed to just calling him dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it's almost it's it's interesting in that it's almost like a a show of respect from other characters. Yeah. Like the characters who respect him call him dude. The characters who do not respect him call him Jeff or Mister Lebowski <laughs> or, or whatever. But never El Duderino, you know. Nobody ever actually uses El Duderino, and that is a tragedy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that sounds like uh, Ned Flanders would call him that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good Flanders. That was very good. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very <laughs> good Flanders. <laughs> Can't help but notice you're uh, peeing on my rug there. <laughs> Boy, very different movie. <laughs> In the parlance of our times. 
Oh, man. <laughs> Parlance is a very underused word, I will it's say. A, it's a great word. I mean... <laughs> It's definitely entered uh, my personal, like, kind of lexicon quite a your, bit. Your own your parlance? Personal parlance? Your par- yes. <laughs> yeah. Adam, you were there. You were there. At, at this time. <laughs> at the time, as it were, yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh, shit. I think I own that cardigan now. I was just looking at that cardigan. It looks comfy. <laughs> it looks very comfy. I, I'm pretty sure I own one of those. I mean, I I think you know everyone should own a shawl collar cardigan at some point. Yeah, As I was resident, personally oh, sorry. personally hoping to look a bit more McQueen and a little less Big Lebowski, but you know that's <laughs> neither here nor there. As a, as our resident librarian, I uh, firmly approve of any cardigan purchase. So, yeah, well, the ones you can get at Target these days are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't been to a Target in well over a year at this point, but I'm going to go ahead and say yes. <laughs> When's the last time I was in a Target? Oh, I went there on a date like four months ago. Hmm. It was to go buy a Lego kit. I was about to uh, say, was this when you were buying Legos? Yeah. <laughs> we what was we the bought kit? a Lego kit and we built it together. Unless it's a uh, secret. It was a, it was a deep sea submarine. Oh, fun. Yeah. Nice. I have I have a yellow submarine Lego. This is here. also yellow, but it's not that yellow submarine. <laughs> Which if you haven't listened to it, you should check out our yellow submarine episode. Yeah. It's it's Ooh. mostly Dax explaining the movie and me going, What the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well. What's especially fun is that we watched it back to back with uh I think it was the woman in black. Oh, right. Because <laughs> we, we felt like we needed to, to balance it just a little oh, here bit. Here we go. Here we go with our diner. Yeah. Now we have Chekhov's fingertip to worry about. Yeah. Through, uh, toe. Toe. Or toe, toe. Toe, right. Yeah. Oh, man. Here's the thing is like, I, I believe Walter in this scene. I believe that Walter can get the dude a toe. <laughs> and beautiful thing about the character of walter is uh the coen brothers were good friends with the filmmaker john milius Mm. so you know the guy who made conan the barbarian red dawn yeah maybe uh, that's the conan you thought was uh in that one scene the conan never mind i ruined that (laughs) as as i stumbled through uh my my conans But uh, but yeah, like basically, Walter just is John Milius. <laughs> you know, I I feel like you haven't lived until you've had a diner waitress come and tell you this is a family restaurant. <laughs> oh man, I've gotten oh, told yeah. that a few times. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it means you're living a good life. <laughs> also. You'll notice that when the dude goes to pay for his coffee, a joint falls out of his pocket. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've also oh. been almost kicked out, kicked off of the teacups at Disneyland because I was cursing too much. So, you know, <laughs> was a, that was a good night. You never lived. You never lived until. Uh... Yeah. Hey, I was there for an event that like it, it was it was actually really cool. My buddy got tickets uh, through like a radio promotion. It was for like the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Mm. And uh, it was like they're like kind of 
like grand opening kind of thing at Disneyland for it. So like, you know, we, they closed the park and then reopened it and we walked in and they're playing like Ozzy as we're going down like main street, you know? <laughs> so I'm thinking like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bets are off. And like, you just walked on any ride. Cause there was like a fraction of the normal people there, you know? Mm. So we like went on the teacups and we're like, whoa, shit, this is crazy. And like the woman operating, she's like, you guys need to stop cussing so much. And we're like, uh, <laughs> we're surrounded uh, by a bunch of dudes covered in tattoos. Like, I don't think anyone's going to so, care. <laughs> like, This might actually be like coming up. This might be my favorite line in the entire movie. <laughs> Just right here. <laughs> no. What a weird, <laughs> what a weird line that just. <laughs> now, why? Yeah. Why is this the method that you would? There's many like ways a... you could have done this, but you chose to torture a ferret. <laughs> Now, were ferrets annoyed in the making of this film? <laughs> I, I would like to know. I just appreciate yeah, that right? they, you know, gave us a nice, very succinct definition of nihilism. <laughs> well, I was about to say, they gave us the movie definition of nihilism. <laughs> <laughs> very much that, like, you know, 19-year-old definition of nihilism. Right, yeah. Where, you know, they just, like, refuse to talk to anybody and like keep their hood up during dinner and and their eyes down now, See, now would you say i want this cardigan i want this cardigan so goddamn bad before we get we all do away from nihilism would you say that nihilism is an opposite to uh dudism or more of a kind of yin and yang like a a I think sort it's of more i think it's more of a yin and yang kind of thing at least mm. when you get into like nihilism as an actual like philosophical movement mm. and not just you know like teenagers being shitty to their parents <laughs> um, yeah i would agree with that yeah but uh but yeah it's like it's like nihilism when you actually go back and like read nietzsche and everything is not incompatible with a lot of these uh these philosophies of religion it just kind of like it it takes it takes a little bit of a contrarian view to provoke conversation and thought. Which is Dudist or Taoist in its root anyway, if you yeah. ask me. So, you know. Yeah. Well, and Taoism is much more about the way of the world itself. In fact, I always felt like well, Taoism doesn't necessarily get too religious in some sense. It and feels... In, oh, go ahead. Yeah. In that sense, I mean, uh, I mean, nihilism is the way of the world itself because it is it, it deals very much with like experiencing the world around you and not sort of fantasizing about a grander scope or theme hmm. to life it's 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 a little bit related to stoicism which we have talked about on the I podcast mean, you can also draw a through line to buddhism which is you know the i think it was the buddha himself who said I don't know enough about this world. How could I begin to conjecture about the next? Hmm. Uh, I believe you are. Yeah. Yeah. Something Sounds along those me. lines. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, paraphrasing for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the dude, or the dude, I screwed up my joke. I, be, <laughs> I believe the Buddha, the Duda, 
uh, once said, um, "Smoke them if you got them." No, I don't know. Like, you can put yeah, whatever you well, want in that. Those sounds like something marks. Sid Arthur would say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Use the force, Harry. <laughs> so I just checked in uh, Johnny's Coffee that diner is the same diner from Reservoir Dogs. That sounds right. <laughs> That's what I was wondering, actually, yeah. Also, another one of my... We were talking about how much we love Steve Buscemi in this movie. One of my favorite lines from Donnie in this is when the dude protests. They're going to... Uh, I don't care about uh, the money. I care about, uh, or I care about like my 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 Johnson or something like that. And Donnie <laughs> just responding with, with uh, what do you care about that for, dude? <laughs> <laughs> and, I just I really appreciate Donnie as a character. Being yeah, he's just he's just pure innocent, just nice guy. What he's uh, least deserving of anything bad happening to him in this entire movie and that's maybe the most nihilistic thing about it is that this like this character you know gets has to pay for <laughs> other people's the sins idiocy. of everybody else yeah it's almost a, more <laughs> yeah. of a jesus than the jesus you know such a such a wonderful reveal of the stranger here with that just like one long uh like zoom in and zoom out mm. with him appearing <laughs> mm-hmm yeah, I, l- I love that this movie confronts the narrator, you know, as a as a a member of this world, like someone who. Yeah. <laughs> well, but this like weirdly omniscient member of this world. <laughs> There's definitely like a magical aspect to him. Yeah, like you're you're just really unsure of like where this guy comes from, like why he's there, but he seems <laughs> to know everything about what's going on in the film. <laughs> He's like omniscient, but also like relatively detached. Like he just trails off in the beginning of the film. Like he's he kind of like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's omniscience, but like without like I guess the pretense that you would normally associate with it from a narrator. Like you he's know, just like, sure. yeah, you know what whatever. Is? Like you know what dudes. he is. He's the Tom yeah. Bombadil of this movie. <laughs> oh my god, he totally is. That's very true. Yeah, that's perfect. He, pull, he puts a ring he on and he doesn't disappear. Is. Oh my god. I don't know if I'd ever made that connection before. He picks up the toe and he doesn't care. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this this well, toe interesting. This toe doesn't affect me. <laughs> and my ponies. He makes it disappear. He goes outside, <laughs> yeah. he's got a bunch of ponies. <laughs> well, my favorite part being that in his exit from that scene, it does seem that he's about to like go and get a lane and just start bowling. <laughs> yeah, he could be at any bar. But he's at, like, he's in a bowling alley. Fucking at the... David Thewlis. That is David Thewlis. Oh, my God. That is David fucking Thewlis. I think this is the year after uh, Dragonheart, which is the first movie I remember David Thewlis from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is where he uses the uh, non-dairy, the, non-dairy, the non-dairy creamer. creamer. Yeah. And I swear <laughs> to God, the look on his face... Whenever he picks up the non-dairy creamer is me at, at like so many bars trying to order a drink. <laughs> I have to admit, I, I have never made a white Russian with non-dairy creamer. Oh uh, nor God. have I. 
nor have I. I've that's not due a white to Russian this at film. All. I uh, I have specifically avoided that. Well, it's like the other night, uh, my roommate Alex was making white Russians, quote unquote, but it was basically vodka, milk, and the chocolate syrup, chocolate flavored syrup I used for my coffee. To oh which this Alex referred to it as a white Ukrainian. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky that you get white anythings. Every single time I ever ask for a white Russian at a bar, like in 90% of the time, they're just, ah, so we, we don't have any, we don't have any milk. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like they, they just didn't, but I'm sure it's just, they don't want to make it. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> it's not that they I mean, don't. I make, I made my own half and half for this white Russian earlier. Like I, I happened to have some like whipping cream and some whole milk and I just did a 50, 50 split here. Nice. I would yeah, imagine that's how you would make a half and half. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I was just going to say, mine's technically made with uh, whole milk. I don't have any half and half on hand, so, no. And just happened to have those two things in the fridge after the holidays, so. Yeah. I have whipped cream. I guess I could have, like, used that somehow. But... <laughs> <laughs> this character who has, like, zero importance in the entire film... There are several mannequins but, in the background with things covering their tits and blood blood coming out. Wasn't just the one with the ice cream scoops. Yeah, it's like a cheese. Grater. Yeah, are those are those? Co- like, they look like, like cocktail shakers. Colon- cocktail shakers, and I think colanders. Yeah. <laughs> and she just got back from the store buying a whole bunch of other like <laughs> colanders like, and shit, <laughs> like funnels, cone cone shaped things. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Speaking foreign language, it doesn't even specify what language she's speaking on my subtitles. (laughs) I don't know if I've ever watched this with subtitles, or at least if I have, it's been forever, so. Oh, uh, the actor who's playing the doctor is the uh, cab driver from uh, 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 How I Met Your Mother, Mm -hmm. the recurring uh, cab driver character that they keep hiring. It's like Ranjit or something like that? Yeah, it's it's like Ranjit. I think like he's in like 15 or 20 episodes of the series. He's a good character actor. I've seen him in other stuff too. I'm just blanking. Oh, my favorite Creedence song right here. (laughs) It's like the dude's finally getting everything kind of back to where it needs to be. (laughs) I've totally rocked out in a not a not an intoxicated similar fashion, but in a similar fashion listening to this song. Oh yeah, I, I have a what I call my chill driving playlist, and yeah. uh, it involves a pretty good portion of the soundtrack to this film. Okay. Yeah, lots of lots of credence, uh, lots of Doctor John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I got some Grateful Dead in that thing, you know, like. Oh yeah. the continual like gradual (laughs) destruction of the car is really something to watch (laughs) in this film because i feel like so many of us have had one of these cars before where it just like gets beaten to a pulp to the point it finally just will not run anymore 
And for all of you who have movement or dancer friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been to these performances before. I have been mm-hmm. to so many of these. <laughs> I, had to, I had to bow out for a minute there to respond to a text. And I think this was the perfect scene to start looking up again. Oh yeah. <laughs> I back. feel like this is this is one of those scenes in this movie that people often forget about that is so fucking brilliant. <laughs> if for moment. no other reason that Donnie looks like he is enjoying it so much. Or he's thinking he's like really interpreting it, you know. Yeah, like he is putting the effort into interpreting this dance. <laughs> it's also the point every time I watch this movie where I go, "Yeah, man, fucking In-N-Out is good burgers." Ah, man. I miss In-N-Out. I do. I do miss In-N-Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This also feels like one of the most like LA sequences in a lot of ways too, where it's like, you've got this guy who like by all accounts had an incredibly successful career yet. He's living in like relative obscurity, just sort of like in LA somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Could you get beer at in and out burger in the early nineties? I don't think so. I mean, it's a, it's a good Christian establishment. I don't think so. <laughs> I feel like In and Out is always within spitting distance of a bar, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> Poor car. Yeah. <laughs> this this scene, above all others, just like kind of guts me every time I watch it. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, I always. I love cars and watching them being uh, just intentionally destroyed is uh, is rough. I like the owl pillow there. (laughs) (laughs) Just two lovely owls. (laughs) The man. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> exactly we didn't want to give the impression that we were police exactly <laughs> one of the best stone faces since buster keaton oh my god <laughs> this like 16 year old 
<laughs> Is this your homework? <laughs> it's like bad cop and bad cop yeah for, yeah <laughs> that's my like another one of my one of those lines just like have you ever heard of vietnam larry <laughs> i feel like this is actually talking to a 16 year old yeah like, we're gonna cut your dick off you're killing your father and just nothing no emotion whatsoever just dead behind those eyes <laughs> i remember those days i remember yeah <laughs> to be now, fair one of my favorite pieces of television censorship I have ever seen in my life was seeing this on on cable. Oh my god. Where this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass became this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no idea. What happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? That's like I think my favorite is probably from uh Mine's probably from Blade when they when they ran that on TV because you know the like his line right before he kills the the villain is you know some motherfucker's always trying to ice skate uphill, which doesn't make any fucking sense even in the context. <laughs> Apparently it was like something that somebody said on set it was and he just thought it was cool. Something uh, I think it was something that fucking uh, 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 Wesley Snipes said. Yeah. So like, but anyway, I was watching it on TV and it got to that part. And like, I know that movie by heart and it gets, it gets to there. And the guy goes, some morbid freakers always trying to ice skate uphill. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So a fun story when uh, Alex and I actually went to Lebowski Fest. Which is a thing. A couple years ago, (laughs) uh, which is a thing. And it's beautiful. This actor was actually there. Yeah, the guy who's who's beating the car right now. <laughs> nice. And he went up on stage and actually like they gave him a microphone and he, he just screamed, "I kill your fucking car!" like three or four times <laughs> for us. I mean, his hair does look good blowing in the breeze, and they got their burgers. Yeah, I was about to say they got their in and out, so Donnie's happy. <laughs> How many friends like this have you had? Or you're just like, no, no, I just want to do this myself. Don't I worry about it. You wanted to help. I appreciate that you tried. Yeah. <laughs> I forget. Does the car get even more damaged beyond this point? Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We're we are not done yet. <laughs> I remember what I was watching recently that like I could have sworn was pay- paying homage to this film <laughs> like in that regard like they just kept fucking up a car <laughs> shit it's gonna bug me now but it was something I was watching recently and this like this oversight right here is frankly just like one of my- <laughs> that it <laughs> that it opens the other way <laughs> Oh, and if you notice with the two treehorn thugs here, they have swapped clothes oh. <laughs> since the last time we saw them. They're in the same outfits, just they've changed shirts <laughs> with each other. Nice. We have another... Uh... Also, 
just going to say, I do wish I could get invited to this beach party. <laughs> right? <laughs> just the expression of pure joy on that man's face. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best day of his career. <laughs> And uh, a certain Mr. Ben Gazera. You know, Brad, we could just throw this beach party. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I've never understood exactly why it was that Ben Gazera got typecast as like the tough guy. <laughs> but it works for some inexplicable, ineffable reason. Because <laughs> he's he's just kind of a little innocuous-looking guy. <laughs> but he looks like the kind of guy who would make porn in, like, the 80s and 90s, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's like my other point of reference for Ben Gazzara, then, is Roadhouse. You know, where he's <laughs> the main, he is the main villain. <laughs> In Roadhouse. Roadhouse. It's nice that he had the milk just sitting there at his dry bar. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he's got people over. He's prepared. God, now I'm just thinking about Roadhouse. <laughs> Roadhouse. I mean, talking about another great movie with yeah. Sam Elliott. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever wins a fight. <laughs> <just thinking>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've also been watching, I've watched the first three Karate Kid movies this week. And uh, there have been a couple of moments where, like, my brain just connected, like, that martial arts genre of the 80s. I'm like, oh, so this was the antithesis of Roadhouse. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. It was when we watched the uh, the fourth uh, Karate Kid movie this week for movie night. And the way they just, like, fuck up his car at the end of it. I'm like, this is a nod to Big Lebowski or vice versa, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> That's what it was. Huh. I still haven't watched the fourth one. I'm going to have to get to it tomorrow. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, times. yeah. You get you get a a, sequ- a a very fun sequence of nuns or not not nuns, but monks uh, running amok in a city, and that's fun. <laughs> yeah, there are zen monks that go bowling. Like that's probably <laughs> yeah, the best I mean, part of that movie. Sounds like a sounds like a good time to me. I mean, I just I watched the third Karate Kid yesterday and that movie is just like where it just what the fuck is happening in this film? <laughs> well, look forward to asking that question a lot more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then watch Cobra time. Kai. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've watched the Karate Kid movies. So, can I just say the dude is all of us who have ever snooped on like a significant other in this exact <laughs> moment right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have pint glasses that have that on them. <laughs> Best reveal. Once again, it kind of goes back to just the film's like statement of like how pointless so much of this <laughs> the, is. The one time, the most deducing thing that the dude has done by far in the entire movie to try and like solve something in a way a detective might he is presented with a dick drawing yeah it just nets him absolutely nothing <laughs> it, it nets him dick yeah it nets him a dick drawing <laughs> i do really love the different versions of opulence we see throughout this movie 
Yeah. Because this is very concrete. This is all of the concrete in this scene is insane. The cast cascading lighting from the water on the ceiling there. Very lovely. Or caustic. I always forget how you're supposed to say that. I saw a thing um, on the making of uh, the new Blade Runner movie that talked about that kind of like lighting effect, mm. actually, like that, like kind of projected like through water. Light. Yeah, is it caustic? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. check this really quick. Caustic lighting. It's either caustic li light water. Yeah. Yeah. It's caustic lights uh, produced by produced by water. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. I always remember the first time I saw like that effect done well in cg animation i thought like oh this is we're getting there <laughs> it's like i think like uh, finding nemo was one of the first films i saw where i felt like that was handled really well in animation but yeah that, that effect is definitely used to to uh to great effect in blade runner uh, and i what i specifically love about that is that it's always unmotivated like there's never anything in the scene right. that would be casting that effect but it's in the yeah. sequel too right they have that in the in some scenes or is it just in the original one i think it is in the sequel but it's actually motivated in the sequel um, it's in the sequel yeah, <laughs> it's like in uh it's like in uh the headquarters for the villain right like he's yeah, like looking yeah. over his like creations and everything and like there's like a, it's like on a platform that's like elevated above like a pool of water right basically. right yeah but in, in the first one i like i <laughs> the behind the scenes for blade runner which we bring up Blade Runner, I think, in almost every fucking episode, talking right. about how, like, eventually well, we're going to do Blade our, Runner. Our, yeah, our running joke is that we're going to do, like, at least six episodes on every cut of Blade Runner. And <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> I will say, this this sequence right here references literally almost everything in the rest of the film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you have the the bowling proprietor who looks like Saddam Hussein. <laughs> right. That says Saddam. <laughs> and he is, the dude is dressed in uh Uli's outfit from log jamming. <laughs> oh my God. That those headdresses are fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this is the point where I checked out the first time I was watching this movie. <laughs> Like, if you've been trying too much, uh, yeah. this is where you give up a little bit. Well, and this right. is what keeps you, because it's like kind of an intense film in some ways, but there's you know, a lot of humor. It's, but these scenes in particular just really do, if you've been taking it seriously. <laughs> I was about to say, it is so visually overstimulating at times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the that tile floor is the same tile floor from Big Lebowski's mansion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the first time I watched this, this was the scene where I was like, okay, like it's jumped the shark. And normally when a <laughs> film like overtly jumps the shark, that's when I really take interest. Like I just, I love it when it takes whatever it's doing to the like, uh, like insane, like degree yeah. like that. So for this, I was like, yeah, like this is perfect. Like I, I'm on board hundred <laughs> percent. So fun story. Uh, they actually did drag Jeff Bridges through all of these women's legs. Oh, on no. A <laughs> on a skateboard. <laughs> and they they pranked him. Oh, is one of them 
each of them each of them progressively got a bigger wad of hair that they shoved <laughs> into like their panties so that like, there it just stuck out more and more with each progressive woman he went underneath that's impressive that they would go to that extent <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's the scissors now i always forget the because that whole scene is kind of making fun of a particular director from uh, old Hollywood that would do like big dance numbers. I'm trying to remember. Oh, I don't oh, remember oh, what his name shoot. is. Though. Oh, are you talking about Busby Berkeley? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Busby Berkeley. Uh, these guys actually watched uh, Daredevil the Red Circle, the old movie serial. And the connection between that and Busby Berkeley is that... Uh, William Whitney, who directed all the action sequences for those, actually used Busby Berkeley's uh, like beat-based concept for doing his dance numbers to do all the fight scenes. Oh, that's fun. You know, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, thinking back on that series. <laughs> and just the continued references to Branded. <laughs> It's a good cut. <laughs> and now we're here. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Made me laugh more than it should have. <laughs> <laughs> this actor is such a great straight man in this scene like <laughs> having to go through this entire sequence not reacting or laughing at what jeff bridges is doing would have been just absolutely horrific I really feel like this film would have been improved if he had just been his character from the last motion picture show instead. <laughs> just, a, just a young a young man having an affair with an older woman, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very realistic scene when you think about it. Yeah. Calling cops fucking fascists is something I've always had in mind after watching this film. Too. I was about to say, yeah, I believe I've used that line since I've become engaged with this uh, this film. Oh, yeah, this dude was uh, at Lebowski Fest, too, the cab driver. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a <laughs> also an accurate <laughs> depiction of cabs in LA. Oh man, he's kicking him out in Culver City. <laughs> oh man. Doesn't the dude live in Pasadena? I thought he lived in like uh Venice or something like that.
Well, they go to North Hollywood to confront Larry Sellers. Yeah. See, and this whole time I thought he was in the valley. Good reveal <laughs> right here. Right there of the toe. Yep. She has all of her toes. Oh, my God. What does it mean? Yeah. What, is, what does it mean? Guess means somebody else is missing a toe. <laughs> Adam, are you okay there? Your audio sounds funky. Little little choppy. Oh, weird. Are all your oh. connections connected? Yeah. <laughs> oh my! I love the, the mini bottle on on the floor next to him. <laughs> all of my connections are connected. Well, we have your backup if something goes wrong. So yeah, we do. Hearing you say all of my connections are connected in a very robot voice was pretty funny. Though, yeah, that was that was pretty good. I wonder if that's going to make any sense if there's nothing if there's nothing right. wrong with the audio. <laughs> Someone listening, like, what are they talking about? Oh, so this scene in particular, right, where he's describing his sort of uh, his CV, as it were, um, points to the uh, the influence for the character, right, um, of the dude, uh, pretty yeah, hard of uh, of Jeff uh, Dowd. Mm-hmm. Who was a, a co-author of the Port Huron statement? <laughs> so. Yeah, he was an actual author of the Port Huron statement. Uh, who was also at Lebowski Fest? Man's uh, man's pretty frail these days, but uh, he was rocking out during uh, Jeff Bridges' like musical set. Yep. Bunch of assholes. <laughs> just <laughs> which sounds like it would be not that bad <laughs> frankly now didn't you say that in a previous draft he was supposed to be the heir to the rubik's cube fortune Yes, like the actual explanation for why he doesn't have a job is because he inherited all the money from the Rubik's Cube inventor. That's wild. That's amazing. Yeah. He's, um, yeah, he's, he, it's like he doesn't have very much money, but he has like just enough to get by. Right. Uh, We've, we've been there. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. we've all been there. (laughs) Well, when I when I first really fell in love with this movie was the time in my life where I was yeah like literally just like paycheck to paycheck like scraping by, and I I would put this movie on almost every night and fall asleep to it, and it was (laughs) yeah right was this is this is my like go to comedy, like any time I am just like down and out and I just need something to laugh. This is my go to film. So and and yeah, I, I came to it in a very similar situation where i was just like living paycheck to paycheck and couldn't go out barely had any anybody i could spend time with or anything like that like this movie was the thing that i was just like oh yeah no i get this i get this guy this guy's me (laughs) 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 it's a good spit take for something that creamy That's the other advantage of his uh, goatee is that just liquid getting caught in it constantly throughout the whole movie. Just the little droplets hanging out in the mustache. 
Oh man, like his, this is his like Poirot moment. Right. Yeah. Right here. His, his yep. parlor scene. It's all coming together. <laughs> Jeffrey. which by the way the line earlier i can't remember if it's if it's already happened yet or not where they talk about the fact that walter's actually polish catholic yeah (laughs) he converted with his like converted wife yeah yeah he converted (laughs) for his (laughs) ex-wife It's this whole thing. He's like, you don't, you know, turn in your like library card. You don't stop being Jewish yep. just because you got divorced. <laughs> oh, and the late great John Polito, right here. <laughs> this man, one of the great character actors of Hollywood in the nineties. <laughs> like, if you've seen The Crow, or uh, actually the other Coen Brothers film, um, Miller's Crossing. John Polito plays like the main antagonist of Miller's Crossing, and he is fucking brilliant. It just kind of getting into this weird like there there's a there's a novel by Dashiell Hammett called uh, Red Harvest that's all about like the the private detective playing the two sides against one another and to think that this guy is going through this entire film seeing that story <laughs> as opposed to like what's actually happening. <laughs> Again, I, I brought up Maltese Falcon earlier, but I just want to say, like, the first time I watched that movie, I the entire time I was like, I don't know what's going on, who's motivated by what. And I don't think Humphrey Bogart knows either. Oh, and that's no. like that. And by the end of it, you're like, OK, I guess I think I know what happened, kind of. But that is how <laughs> like this movie Look. is the way I felt the first yeah. time I watched <laughs> The Maltese Falcon. Look, I've I've read The Maltese Falcon like three times, and I've watched that movie. I don't even know how many times. I still don't know what the fuck is going on half the time I'm watching or, or reading I, it. I suddenly feel so goddamn vindicated. <laughs> like it's a great movie and story. A, it is, but like, what the hell is going on? And like the especially the latter half of that story. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've yet to mention that uh, one of these guys is Flea. The guy oh, in the yes. Middle there. One yeah. of these guys, yeah, oh. the little short dude is totally Flea. Yeah, from Red Hot Chili Peppers. So. <laughs> that woman looks like Amy Mann. 
Yeah. To some yeah, degree. A little bit. <laughs> this yeah. is a little bit. It just, man. Okay. So I'm from Oklahoma. And every time I watch this scene, I'm like, why would you do that to a pair of good boots? <sighs> like. <laughs> Not why would you do that to a toe? Not yeah. why would you do that to a foot? Like, 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 look, you have the number of toes you have, <laughs> but why would you do that to a nice pair of boots? <laughs> okay, yeah, the dude's apartment is in Venice. Okay. Yeah. Not as bad okay, that he so got dropped in not, Culver City. I was about to say, that's not, that's not as bad. And I love the kind of sort of realization here that the the reveal kind of ultimately doesn't mean anything yeah like him like this entire time <laughs> this has been so pointless <laughs> like him yeah. figuring all this out is great but it doesn't really change anything <laughs> which is very classic noir <laughs> when you get right down to it and Walter puts his finger right on it here, too, where he's like, why am I here? Like, I should be home because of Shabbos. <laughs> like, why are we doing any of this right now? Oh, yeah, here it is. The, the Polish Catholic reveal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jewish is fucking Tevya. I don't <laughs> think I've ever caught that line before, yeah. but as a guy with a theater degree, that means so much to me. <laughs> I legitimately think Walter has like some sort of, I don't know if it's like, a, a dissociative disorder or what <laughs> but like the rapidity with which he changes like modes oh, he's very like an alex jones kind of kind of vibe to yeah, him in many ways like, <laughs> i was gonna mention the uh the license plate there uh is uh of course french for bunny right lapin <laughs> <laughs> very good very good <laughs> the dog with them. <laughs> the not Pomeranian Pomeranian. The not Pomeranian. <laughs> <laughs> Just the big question of this scene Who is this man? I gotta say, the Big Lebowski's cravat game is really on, on point, point in this entire movie. <laughs> yeah, earlier when we were looking at his shawl collar cardigan, I was also looking at the cravat being like, mm, Yeah, I, the I, cravat that's basically a third shirt. I don't know if I can pull it off, but I kind of oh, want man. to. Human paraquat. One of the best <laughs> insults I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
just casual assault. <laughs> yeah. It's also, this is the perfect uh, <gasps> climax of this movie because as we've mentioned, I think so far along the way, right? It's a movie of everybody in various ways being wrong about something. Right. right? Like yeah. it's not a Pomeranian, it's something else. Like everybody's wrong about everything. <laughs> and this is like the perfect culmination of that <laughs> essentially. Yep. Yeah. It's like him Throwing calling the a... ferret a marmot. Yeah. Just throwing a man who can't walk out of his wheelchair. And is that the last of the Which, the mystery? I've, that is. That is. I will note, this is the first time in the entire film that Donnie does not get a strike. Oh. Oh. Every other time you have seen Donnie Bowl in this entire film, he has gotten a perfect strike. That's got to be so unsettling for him. Yeah, and you see him start shaking and, yeah. and massaging his hand. It's a bad omen. Yeah, the the audio too, right? It sounds very like distant and echoey, like he's like hearing it through like a like a glass or something. Like yeah, <laughs> like the dude sitting there with his nails. <laughs> Walter perfectly exemplifies uh, what my buddy Jack refers to as the pet scorpion friend. Where it's like, Ugh. he's cool Ugh. to have around, but until girls see you no. with him? No. <laughs> okay, here it is. Here it is. You just watch this guy trying not to break this entire scene. <laughs> yeah, look at him go. Look at him trying. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can pay attention to now. He's just trying to yep. stare off in the middle distance. <laughs> it's like he cannot look at John Turturro. Yeah, he's like so happy to look away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, also, uh, fun story. In the entire film, you never actually see the dude roll a bowling ball. I did know that. Yep. Same with Walter, huh. actually. Yeah. Uh, you, you do see Walter go in for it. When he's like doing his like weird meditation thing with the ball earlier. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you never actually see. Oh, there's the car. There's the car on fire. Yep. Because it wasn't. It, it wasn't, wasn't dead enough, enough yet. I love the fact that you could see flame burning through what should be the handle on the door. <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. Like, that is how destroyed this car is, is there's not even a handle on the driver's side door, and you can see fire through it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Award-winning actor, Flea. <laughs> <laughs> no donnie yeah so i guess the theory being that donnie is one of walter's uh war buddies who was killed in vietnam who he's just like hallucinating this entire time <laughs> Because nobody acknowledges Donnie besides Walter, except the dude does in one sentence. Oh, which but sentence? otherwise nobody else acknowledges Donnie. When does he? When does he say something to him? Or does he? Uh, just... It's when it, it's when uh, the dude's car gets stolen 
the dude starts to stalk off and Donnie says, uh, phone's ringing, dude. And the dude responds with, uh, thank you, Donnie. <laughs> also, I love like Chekhov's saber right here <laughs> where it's like it just gets dropped immediately and never <laughs> enters relevance That's in a, this fight. It's a better use of Chekhov's blank than what I tried to do with the toe. <laughs> didn't really apply for the toe, but it does here for a saber. Uh, he evander holy fielded him. Yeah. It just. I love of the three nihilists, the last one to get taken out is this complete no name. <laughs> Who looks vaguely like Stephen Merchant. Oh, yeah. A little bit, even with the like super weirdly tall thing going on. <laughs> oh, no, Donnie. Not Donnie. He's the best of us. Does this mean it probably would have happened anyway? Or... I mean, probably, because, I mean, he was already having the issues with, like, his hand and everything yeah. in the bowling alley, so... And that's a great shot. Yeah. Just going to black except for the lights. It's... <laughs> Fucking Walter reading the <laughs> giant ass Bible. I think this is the only time you see Walter without his uh, glasses completely on in the entire film, too. Every every once in a while, when I'm you know just killing time with a group of people, I'll pick up a Bible and be like, "The meek shall what? That can't be right." Yeah, right. <laughs> Just it's ever like, open open it up to like fucking Leviticus and be like, we what now? <laughs> it's like that scene in The Simpsons where it's like, this book doesn't have any of the answers. <laughs> uh, my favorite Simpsons joke about the Bible is, uh, what are you doing, Dad? Oh, just reading the Bible. Talk about a preachy book. Everyone's a sinner, except this one guy. <laughs> <laughs> the way his glasses are still like hanging off of the one ear. One ear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, $180 does seem like a lot of money it for really, an urn. It really does. Like, I mean, I, I could bring you a Tupperware. I mean, I'm just saying when I die, I, I hope none of you spend nearly $200 on my urn. I can get you an urn. You don't want to know how, but trust me, I can get you an urn. I can get you an urn by three o'clock this afternoon. No, I'm not worried. I mean, I'm going to be dead. What do, What the fuck do I care? Just pull flowers out of a vase. Just hand yeah, that it's like it's like my my one wish is I as I said, whoever is the youngest amongst my friends when I die, take me up to the highest point you can get me to and throw me off. <laughs> Just the cut to it being the, the fucking <laughs> Folgers coffee can right here, like. That's such is a, this point doom? Such a great segue line. Like, just is there a Ralph's around here? <laughs> I don't know if it's point Hume. Might be point doom. I or think it is point doom. No, no, it's not. <laughs> you just assume any beach scene <laughs> is always point doom because <laughs> Zoom is too crowded. 
Yeah. And just flat. <laughs> if there were, yeah, if it was, if it was Zuma, then yeah, there'd be like 15 million people out there. <laughs> but those do look doom rocks ish somewhere. It's somewhere along the coast. Yeah. Great. I do, do enjoy the fact that uh Pismo gets a shout out in this scene. <laughs> so when I was living in Santa Maria, like Pismo was my hangout place. Just to finish the uh, the previous conversation, when I go, I want to be buried in one of those pods that grows into an apple tree. I think that'd be fucking sick. Yeah. yeah. I'm just assuming if you throw me off of <laughs> something, that... I'll end up in the roots of some plant. So I mean, we, we don't have to have you cremated to throw you off of something. That's true. I mean, the the cremation's already part of the last will and testament, so okay, you guys okay. don't have to worry about that. As I say, Adam, is it an apple tree? Is is choosing an apple tree in connection with your name? And, uh, it's a combination uh, of that and also that uh, if you ever watch the final episode of David the Gnome, it's very traumatic. They turn into trees. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, not, I not the Garden of Eden. Told. David the Gnome is the oh, reason. Oh God. Uh. <laughs> okay. So I will say Walter is all of us in this exact moment. <laughs> just like trying to still dust it off this entire time (laughs) their dead friend blown in his face (laughs) (laughs) but even better yet is just the the like moment of when it happens to him and he just, yeah he's he, just standing there with a like completely nonplussed all over <laughs> his face and glasses i gotta say like this seed is like weirdly cathartic and also that is a hiker yeah in the yeah i just of, was noticing yep. that <laughs> wow okay some like random dude wandered into just the shot. A, yeah i was about to say random dude just wandering into the shot no idea what's going on actually that dude is probably who the girl ran off with the first time uh, probably secretly involved in the narrative why the fuck not <laughs> form your own they- theories <laughs> It'd be funny as if it was intentional, though, because, I mean, they are so tight with everything they do in their movies where it's like a callback to when he's yelling at him earlier in the film saying, like, you're like a child who just wanders into like something just completely (laughs) out of your element. (laughs) Oh, that would be good. (laughs) It seems appropriate to kind of round this off with the cleaning of the bowling alley. Yeah. It's a weirdly like cathartic ending. There we go. (laughs) How you do, dude? He's just, yeah, it's just this weird, like, bowling fan who just is is following the league play up until this point. Uh, the dude abides. Yeah. Words to live by. It's uh 
it's one of those interesting things where you kind of take this moment to realize that like through this entire thing that's happened, the dude is still just the dude. Mm-hmm. Like he has not changed. Yeah. Nothing, nothing about him has been altered by the events of this film. He has not <laughs> grown or expanded as a human being. I will say this is probably the most successful case of a character not having an arc. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's been flat this entire time. I mean, he's probably learned a few things very, very subtly, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's no uh, wide, wide strokes of progress made. Yeah, he's character. not like, he's not like Frodo Bagginsing off into the Great <laughs> Havens or anything. Like he is, he is just going back to the semis and that's what would have happened if none of this shit had, had happened either way. It truly is the Tom Bombadil of the film. <laughs> oh my See? god. Yes. Yeah. You know what? This is like a movie of Tom Bombadils. <laughs> <laughs> For all the people that think that Peter Jackson should have kept him in the film, you know, just refer them here. Yeah. Right. I was about to say we give him we give him his shrift. He didn't include him because he was already here in the Big Lebowski. Yeah. So what you're saying is we should watch the extended edition of Fellowship of the Ring and just drop this in about halfway. Oh, my God. I mean, about <laughs> about like a third of the way into the movie, you'd probably be good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, it's... God, this is such a good movie. <laughs> it really is. Like, it is. it is just truly... A comedic masterpiece. The visual effects were by Yannick Sers, the same guy that did the visual effects for the first Avengers movie. Are mm. you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. His craft really upped itself in that like 14 years. <laughs> was Flea's credit by himself there? Uh, he was so listed on the nihilist. Didn't say... I think it was just it was nihilists. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I love the fact that Flea just like randomly popped up in shit throughout the nineties, <laughs> and nobody really thought anything of it. He was the voice of Donnie in the Wild Thornberries. Huh. I mean, he was in uh, fucking My Private Idaho. He was in Back to the Future two and three. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, that's right. And so was Elijah show. Wood in uh, part two. All right. That's another Frodo connection there. Sorry, I interrupted. No, the hey, hey, it all comes back you know to the if we want to get as many as many Tolkien connections, because <laughs> we at the Purpose Driven Dude have a Tolkien episode as well. That's true. Um, oh, that was one of our early episodes back when our uh, we were using an omnidirectional microphone, and it was uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that audio quality. How? Is oh my lord! How are you? <laughs> <laughs> what, were, you, doing it? were you using it to record both of you yep. oh, yeah oh yeah, no sitting next to each other yeah yeah oh yeah. no we, we basically made a big blanket fort which is uh actually the system that i'm using right now because i uh i was not able to use the recording space tonight because liz is recording a twitch stream ah this huh? evening um so i am blanket forting my uh oh. my my dining room table here. Oh, that's and great. I just, I just want to point out real quick that that is Liz of your favorite problematic because this is all just one gigantic incestual connection of podcasts. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And uh, she is recording uh, boardroom angels. 
Oh, nice. I guess it's boardroom demons. Well, tonight. right. It's another. It's an actual play podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a. Uh, it's an actual play uh, uh, Twitch stream that is being converted into podcasts hmm. as well, I believe. But uh, but yeah, if you get a chance to watch it, it's great because it is about supernatural beings planning the apocalypse in a boardroom setting. Um, it is it is <laughs> fun. <quite wonderful. laughs> oh my I god! Dig it. I just want to say. Uh, I appreciate that you blanket forded your mic and I feel bad because I have been recording in a living room <laughs> and I, I don't have any soundproofing yet. <laughs> That's I, okay. And mainly, mainly the reason was I didn't have a chair that was going to support my back for an entire two hour long movie uh, <laughs> away from my dining room table. <laughs> Well, I, just I am a decrepit old man, so... Uh, <laughs> I just want to say I'm really glad we got the chance to finally do this. And yeah, this was uh, fun. God. Thank yeah, you for thank being you on. so much for having us. This has been fantastic. Yeah, it's been um, a real pleasure. It's got to be Yeah, I've, I've had a great time discussing this with you two. Um, well, thank for, you. For, you... Those, well, for those of you at home, I sit down and watch movies with these guys once a week anyway. So, yeah, was, like... When we were having the conversation, uh, Brad and I were talking about like, oh, so what's the format? I'm like, it's basically movie night. <laughs> <laughs> and to which my response was, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you brought a lot of uh, interesting information that I neither of us would have been able to bring on our own. So thank you so much for contributing your thoughts and your musings and uh, experience with dudism. You know, I was about to say, I, I will simply say my drunken musings, uh, <laughs> because I definitely was, uh, was, was, is there any other kind about two, <laughs> two sheets to the wind about a, a, a third of the, about a third of the way into the movie there. So we're, we're good. Working well, title you know, film. Let's go ahead and, uh, and do some housekeeping. You guys want to yeah. go ahead and shamelessly plug yourselves? Yeah, sure. Um, well, let's do it. Yeah. The credits yeah, we, just ended. So, I oh. should stop that before uh, Sunset Boulevard starts playing, <laughs> which right. tells you a lot about my viewing uh, history here. Mine just said this motion picture is rated R. Oh, good to let you know now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, wh why don't you both start with your plugs? Again, I know we did it at the beginning, but your podcast is called... Uh, the uh, Purpose Driven Dude. Um, we... Uh, our, our podcast format is actually not too dissimilar from this. We kind of just chat about whatever <laughs> our topic is. Um, and we also do not record sober. So, you know, if you want us want more of this, basically, <laughs> um, you can uh, check us out. You know, we're on uh, Apple Podcasts. You know, um, I think we're on Spotify now. Anywhere you get there your was, podcasts, we should be there. I was about there. to say, um, there, was that, there was that weed episode where I played Beat the Clock with edibles to see if I could record an entire <laughs> episode before the crossfade kicked in. Uh, uh, come with us on a on a magical journey, you know. Um, yeah. We also have a YouTube channel. You can just search "Purpose Driven Dude." Um, I've very slowly been uh, uploading our back catalog to YouTube as well, if that's your uh, preferred method of uh, engaging with us. And uh, of course, we are also on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, both are both of those. You can just search uh, "Purpose Driven Dude" or "PDD Cast" on Twitter. Um, reach out, say hi. We're uh, we're happy yeah. to chat. Lovely. Yeah, we uh, we also have a uh, we do have an email as well. You, if you want to email either of us, you can do that at pddcast at gmail dot com and uh, get a hold of us there as well. Beautiful. Um, 
Well, Adam and Adam and blah blah blah. <laughs> I can't say words words anymore. I'm not even drunk and I can't say anything. (laughs) Adam, shall we we say our handles? Uh, Yeah. Well, you know, we're on all the social medias at Cinepraisal. It was fantastic that nobody had that. So we got (laughs) it on everything. Got it on the Twitter, on the IG, on the Facebooks. All of it. You know, the the YouTube thing has been a, it was a plan from go and it just hasn't happened yet. I swear it <laughs> right. will at some point, right. one of these days. We recorded but, little intro videos for like a bunch of them, but ones we haven't even done. Uh, like we did like five of them, yeah. <laughs> ones we didn't even put out, but uh, yeah, someday, someday. One of these days. <laughs> but yeah, um, you can find me personally on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Dungeons N, the letter N, Daleks, Dungeons and Daleks. And check out my website, ofdistantlands.com. And, you know, maybe pick up a copy of my book, just saying. Yeah, go pick Dax. it up. Uh, you can find me at Dax Schaefer, D-A-X-S-E-H-A-F-F-E-R. <laughs> F-F-E-R. I can't even say it right. Um, I'd say, dude, come dude. on. D a x s e h a f f e r. There we go. I am um, far too intoxicated to spell that quickly. <laughs> you can find me on on Twitter and IG and all the things. So, so you know, I want to include these guys on our sign off. What we usually do, we say our names and then we end it by all of us saying in unison, "Keep watching movies." So, start with you guys. <laughs> All right. We'll do a countdown. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Cool. So, I'm, right. uh, so thanks, Alex, Sam. you go first. Well, actually, okay, I'll start. Sure. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. so we'll do. I'll say thank. Well, anyway, thank you everyone for listening, and remember, and that'll be the cue to do. So right. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Well. Well. I'm, thank you everyone for listening, uh, and just remember, keep watching keep movies. Watching movies. Wait, that was the countdown. <laughs> Oh, I changed it. Right. I've you altered the deal. Pray it. I do not alter it. <laughs> God damn you. I'm Alex. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry. I'm Brad, and I'm going to go start smoking pot. That was very confusing. <laughs> All right, three, two, one. Keep, Keep watching, watching movies. movies. <laughs> I'll sync it in post. Don't worry. Nice. All right. <laughs> Love it. That's going to be fun to edit. <laughs>